Hey guys, welcome back to the Growing Christ Podcast. I am your host, Shadora Foy, and today is January the 13th. So, we will be on chapter 13, and we'll be going in with verse 1, and I want you all to grab your Bibles and your notes and some pens, crafty different things like that, and let's dive right in. So in verse 1 it says, A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Verse 2, A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. So when I read verse 2, another verse comes to my mind, and I think of the verse that says, You reap what you sow. And that's in always. In When you think of sowing or sowing different seeds, you think of, you know, fruits like apples, vegetables, different things. So when it says a man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, meaning that whatever he sows with his mouth shall come back to him. But the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. So if out of your mouth flows violence, that's what will come back to you. But if out of your mouth flows positive things and good seeds, good fruit will come back to you. And then at verse 3 it says, He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. So it's kind of like we were talking about last time when it was talking about having few words and not being too wordy. And we should always guard our mouths there is life and death in the tongue so it is so vital and serious that we watch what we say especially in this year because at the beginning of this podcast I think I had stated that 2020 is the year of manifestation of the things that we say so that's good things and bad things if we say bad things those things can manifest but if we say good things those things shall manifest too so it's like What do I want to manifest? And sometimes we get in that way based on our influences or based on things that we watch. Even the songs that we hear or the TV shows that we hear and different things that we quote, we still have to be careful for those things too because what we say affects the atmosphere and it also affects the spiritual world as well. And then in verse 4, It says, the soul of a sluggard desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. So recently I have been thinking about this verse and different things and really trying to make myself personally a diligent person. And that is so true that the soul of a sluggard has desires and has nothing. So you have to make sure that whatever you desire, you make manifest. I mean, this growing in Christ, even just this podcast was a step out on faith for me. And it says, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. So I'm having faith in that and doing this podcast, doing my tips and my website and different things and working on my social medias and different things I have been diligently working on those things and I have tried not to just keep 
the things that I wanted to do in my mind. Because sometimes I used to just constantly think and think and fantasize about having businesses and just doing good things, like even doing sports or just going, like having my own parties or organizing parties or organizing productive things. And I would think about it so much that so much time would go by and nothing had manifested, you know, I, I didn't have anything because I was desiring it and I was thinking about it, but I wasn't actually doing things to make it manifest. And it's okay if you try and sometimes, you know, it is rough and sometimes you'll start off a little rough. I mean, with me just stepping out on faith, I can honestly say if it wasn't for my faith in entrepreneurship class, I don't think I really would have started this Growing in Christ podcast or my tips, you know, but just really evaluating myself and what I can do and just going for the things that I wanted. God, a, a righteous man's steps is ordered by the Lord. So, you know, when you say, God, I want to do this and it's in his will, he will order your steps. So all you have to do is walk. I didn't necessarily have to search out, okay, where am I going to do my podcast on? How am I going to record? I don't have a studio. I don't have this. I don't know the first thing about making a podcast. But I just stepped out on faith with it. And I got to be able to see it manifest with, you know, even though it's it's work, but it's not it's not too hard. It's not unbearable work. It's not like I'm always frustrated when I'm doing it, you know, but it's something that I have to diligently work towards. So yes, so just think about that with different things that you want to do. I mean, being 17 and starting my own business and my own podcast is just amazing for me. And just seeing so many things manifest in my life is amazing. So once you truly step out on faith with the things that you want to do, just starting them. I mean, it may not be the fullness of your vision. I mean, the fullness of my vision was to do TIBS, which is a teen interactive Bible study. I'm sure that you've heard me say that before. And it's where I do videos and like a learning classroom. And I'm getting started on that. And Hopefully in March, I will be having like a boot camp of that coming out where people can pay for my services for half off for the whole month. And I was thinking about doing videos and we started this class like around November and we were talking about it and we were trying to work towards it. But then I got a little discouraged and I don't know, I was just like, I don't know if I'm ready to truly do the videos or so much to think about and different things like that. So I said I'll slow down and I'll just start a podcast and see where that goes. And in December, you know, because earlier I was in the planning phase and I was just writing down the um, the discussions that I wanted to have and the topics that I wanted to have. And I had thought about doing a podcast, but I thought that would be way later and not in the near future but it was actually the first thing that I did. And the first topic that I had was the 31 days of Proverbs. And I was like, what a better way to start off the new year. So when you start moving on the plans that you have, God already orders your steps and makes it align, you know, because I was so stressed out 
on Christmas break and I was like oh my gosh I don't know what I'm gonna do like I gotta get some content out and different things like that and just me expressing that to God and telling God that God was like okay just do what you can do and you know just seek after me and be in my will with your business and I'll order your steps so just a little testimony there for all of you who may want to start a business now and just do what you can do and God will help you through the rest. And then at, oh, sorry, I almost lost my place. And then at verse five, it says, a righteous man hates lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and comes to shame. Verse six. Righteousness keeps him whose way is blameless, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. So I was also thinking about this verse earlier when it says righteousness keeps him whose way is blameless, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. So I'm not sure about your relationship with Christ or the sins that you have struggled with before, different things like that. But I just have a question. Have you ever been in a situation where you had a certain sin. Maybe it was lying. Maybe it was stealing. Maybe it was, you know, always gossiping and talking bad about somebody. It could be whatever. Whatever sin that it, that you might have did. Did you ever get to a point where it felt like it was taking over? You know, you know that it was your decision. But every time you did it, you was like, why am I doing this? I don't even like that, to be honest, when it's all said and done. I don't like talking bad about random people who I don't know. I don't like lying. I don't like always stealing people's stuff and being untrustworthy. So we have to realize that wickedness does not come to be our friends, does not come to be our buddy. Wickedness doesn't come to um, shake hands with us and hold hands with us and play with us and watch Netflix and eat popcorn with us. No, wickedness comes to overthrow us. Wickedness comes to conquer us. Wickedness comes to say, to be next to us and then scream out to other people, oh my gosh, look how much of a liar this person is. God, look look at this child who's just constantly sinning against you. Look at how wicked they are. Like wickedness loves to point the finger and overthrow you. Wickedness is not your friend versus having righteousness and righteousness keeps you. When you are in righteousness, see righteousness wants to be your friend. White Righteousness wants to go before you and have your back at the same time. That's righteousness wants to guard you when people are trying to come against you. Righteousness wants to stand in front of you and be like, I got you. You are protected. Now, wickedness loves to point the finger at you, but righteousness desires to guard you. So we have to kind of thinking of the things of God. And even when we're talking about wisdom and thinking of wisdom as in the person form, like as being a person and something that we can relate to, that's how we have to think about the things of God. We have to think, do I want wickedness? Do I want someone who's always going to point the finger at me 
Do I want somebody who's always going to scream out in the public places, look, they're a liar. You can't trust them. But at the same time, they encourage me to lie, you know, or do I want somebody who's going to guard me and keep me from wickedness and from destruction is going to go before me and have my back at the same time. You have to think about what you truly desire and what you truly want. And then at verse seven, it says, there is one who makes himself rich, yet has nothing. And one who makes himself poor, yet has great riches. So this is also talking about when, um, I can't remember if it was last chapter or a few chapters back, when it was stating that if you try and steal from others, or if you try and hoard up riches for yourself, you won't have anything versus if you give yet know that God has you. See, God doesn't desire us to give all that we have so that we can become just poor and helpless and have no money and struggle because God knows that it's no life. But God wants us to give to people so they recognize the God in us and they recognize, wow, they, they give me this much. Yet they still have so much. I mean, I wonder, I wonder what their source is. You know, I wonder if they give me peace, yet they still have a whole bunch of peace. I, I wonder where they get that peace from. Because it's not from themselves, because they're giving all the peace that they have to me. So where where is theirs coming from? When we give things out of ourselves, we're showing and constantly telling sinners and other people, it's not me, but it is Christ who lives within me. When you make yourself poor, yet you still have riches. It's like you being poor and rich at the same time and people get confused and they're like, how is that? It's because you give out to others. You know, we out of our belly shall flow many rivers. You know, we shall give out to others, yet God pours into us as if we were never empty. So we have to exercise and practice that trust in God where it's like, okay, God, I can give all that I have because I know that you're going to give me more because I serve a God that is more than enough. And I recognize that. And in verse 8, it says, The ransom of a man's life is his riches, but the poor does not hear rebuke. Verse 9, The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. Verse 10, By pride comes only contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Verse 11, Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. Verse 12, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. So in verse 12, especially for this year with this year um, of manifestation and just so many blessings and harvest and different things, we have to remember to have a hope. We have to not get discouraged because that makes our heart sick, but we have to realize that God will give us the desires of our heart. He will give us the promises that he has promised to us. Like last time when we were talking about the righteous versus the wicked, God will do everything that he said. Even though sometimes it may not look like it in the natural, God is executing miracles 
as I'm speaking right now, as you're listening right now, God is executing so many miracles for us. And we just have to connect our faith with his promise, you know. So we have to remember that we are, our lives should be lives of hoping. Our lives should be lives of faithing, of having a vision, of believing God for something. It's not good enough to say that I serve the God that's more than enough, but never say, God, I'm believing you for this. Just saying, God, I know that you're more than enough. I know, I know that you can speak and create a universe, so surely you can speak and make money fall out of the sky and into my hands or put money in my bank account, but I'm I'm not gonna ask for it. I'm not I'm not gonna connect my faith with your promises, but I love you so much and I'll worship you and I'll come to church and I'll sing all the songs about how I love Jesus and how you're an awesome king, but I'll I'll never I'll never pray to you and ask you when I'm struggling. I'll never pray to you and ask you for the desires in my heart. We have to realize that that is what God wants us to do. God wants us to have a hope because it says when the desires comes, it, when the desire, sorry, when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. God wants us to have a life. He wants us to have the tree of life. So we have to hope. God doesn't want our heart to be sick. God doesn't want us to constantly come to church and say how great he is, but never ask him for our desires. I mean, God searches our hearts daily, so he knows what we desire. He knows what we want, and he desires to give it to us. But we have to connect our faith with his promise to see that manifestation. So that's another thing that we can work on this year is just truly connecting our faith with his promise. And it's not just about saying it, you know, it's about actually doing it, you know, knowing that you are a wealthy person, knowing that you are a beautiful person, knowing that you are more than a conqueror, knowing that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. God wants us to stand on his word, to live by his word, not just to quote it, not just to read um, verses of the week and just read memory verses, but never truly take them to heart and be like, yeah, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Um, yeah, uh, God will give me all the desires in my heart if I delight in him. Sure. You know, God wants us to stand upon those things. So when we when we come to confrontation. Um, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You know, when, when we have a desire of our heart, God, I delight in you and I know that you will give me the desires of my heart and I'm going to stand on that. So we truly have to connect our faith with his promises. And in verse 13, it says, he who despises the word will be destroyed, but he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. Verse 14, the law of the wise is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. Verse 15, good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. Verse 16, every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool lays open his folly. So I know that we've been hearing this word prudent a lot, and some of you all may know what it means, but I just decided to go ahead and look 
it up. And for those who don't know, it means acting with or showing care and thought for the future. So God desires that we show care and thought for our futures and plan for our futures and think about them. Think about them constantly. And that's also a part of that hope, having hope in the future, thinking, not worrying about the next day, not putting more on you than you can bear, but just having that hope and thinking about your future, which is bright because we have a bright future. We have an abundant future, you know, just having that vision and seeing ahead. So in verse 17, it says a wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings health. So as I was reading this verse, I also went ahead and looked up what the word ambassador means. And this really got me super excited. So an ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. So when I read a wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings health, I I thought a little deeper. And when I was talking about, you know, a diplomat by a country as it's sent by its official as a representative to a foreign country, I think about the kingdom of God. And I think about how we are the sons and daughters of God and how when we become Christians, you know, God says, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me, you know, meaning leave, leave your family, leave your country behind, leave, leave your monies behind, leave your friends behind, you know, different things like that. And now we're part of a different country and we're a part of the kingdom. Now we are a part of the heaven country, if you will, you know. We are a part of where God lives. So we should be faithful ambassadors to God. You know, we are representatives of the kingdom of God and we should act like it. And us being faithful representatives of the kingdom of God, we should bring health and bring life and bring the things of God, you know, we we should not always fall into trouble. You know, we shouldn't be saying wicked things. We shouldn't do wicked things, but we should represent, you know, we are representatives of the kingdom of God, meaning that we represent it. So we have to represent God well. So that's just a little food for thought. <laughs> Verse 18 says, poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction, but he who regards reproof will be honored. Verse 19, a desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. So verse 19 also goes back to just having that hope, a desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. When you have a hope, when you have a desire, it is 
sweet to your soul when it gets accomplished. Like just think about something that you've ever trained for, or practiced for, and when it was accomplished, it was like, whoa, or something that you asked for. Maybe it was a gift or something or something that you saved your money up for. And when you got it, it was like so sweet to your soul. It was like, wow. And then the second part says, um, sorry, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. So it it's something that fools hate to depart from evil. It is, it's like a no-go for them. They're like, no thanks. I don't want to depart from this, you know, but it is sweet to the, it should be sweet to our souls to have our desires accomplished. And that's what God wants to be. God wants to be sweet to our souls. So, you know, he wants to accomplish our desires for us. Yet we have to connect our faith with his promise. And we have to say, God, I I desire that you accomplish my desire, you know. And then in verse 20, it says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Verse 21, evil pursues sinners, but to the righteousness, good shall be repaid. So in verse 21, kind of like how it was talking about wickedness overcoming the sinner and overthrowing the sinner in verse 6. In verse 21, it's talking about how evil pursues the sinner, how evil follows the sinner and is constantly following him. It's like the sinner is you know being stalked by evil and evil is just following that sinner but to the righteous good shall be repaid so when you do good good's gonna follow you you know just like the verse that says surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life the when we are righteous when we are upright when we are in god when we are truly being representatives of the kingdom of God, the things of God will follow us. God will God will make those things follow us. God will assign joy to follow us. God will assign peace to pursue us. God will assign wealth to follow us. God will be like, you know, have you ever seen like those movies where they show the picture and now that person's got to hunt them down? Like that's that's what joy does for us. Joy's like, okay, Okay, where's Anna? I, I gotta go find Anna. Where does she live? Oh, she lives in Oklahoma. Oklahoma where? Okay, I gotta I gotta go get her because you know I gotta be there. You know, or with with uh James, you know, peace might be like, okay, where's James? Because God assigned me to go find James, and that's what I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna hunt him down no matter the cost. I don't care what gets in my way, I gotta find James, you know. That is how peace and joy and love and all those things are. They want to pursue us. The things of God want to pursue pursue us. And then in verse 22, it says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children, his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Verse 23. Much food is in the fallow ground of the poor, and for lack of justice there is waste. Verse 24, he who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. And verse 25, 
The righteous eats to the satisfying of his soul, but the stomach of the wicked shall be in want. So, and when I was reading that, I was also thinking about the desires as well, just desiring things. And when it says the righteous eats to the satisfying of his soul, and when I was talking about his desire accomplishes sweet to the soul, I was just thinking about, you know, having your desires met, having your wants fulfilled versus the stomach of the wicked shall be in want. That wicked person shall always desire, but their needs aren't met. Or I should say their wants aren't met. They'll always desire different things, but their desires will never be met. They will never stop hungering. And most of that is due to their self. I mean, God placed a searching for him in us. You know, we have a missing part of us and that's God because nobody can fill that space in our lives like God can. And God created that space for him to be and it's not it's not like God just was like okay if I can't have you no one can so I'm going to you know make it to where you need me God God knew that we needed him you know we when he created Adam and Eve it was supposed to be a relationship God made a relationship between us and him and that's a connection, you know? And it's like once you have a connection, once you disconnect, you feel that. You feel a disconnection. It's like, whoa, what just happened? You know? It's like if you unplug something out of an outlet, you don't have that electricity going through it no more. Now that plug is useless unless you plug it into an outlet. It's not, the TV's not going to be on. You can't watch TV. You can't use the TV to the fulfillment of its purpose if you don't have it plugged into an outlet to get that electricity. And that's how God is. God is our outlet. God is which our electricity flows. He allows us to have that power to work at our best. It is that divine connection with him that allows us to work properly. Though, yes, we may still be a TV without him, but who's going to want a TV that doesn't work if you can't plug it in? You know, and we're working. We have so much potential. But if we're not plugged into an outlet, all of that means nothing. So we have to... Think of ourselves like that, you know, when a TV is off, it's black, it's void, it's dark, you know, the cable's not connected to it, the DVD player's not connected to it, you can't watch movies, you don't get any sound out of it, it's dead. Even though it's working, it doesn't have the electricity to have it working at its best and to really show the potential of it. So we kind of have to think of ourselves like that with our divine connection with the Lord. So that is the end of chapter 13. And I hope that you all enjoyed it. There was a lot of wisdom jam-packed in this chapter, jam-packed in all the chapters and also the chapters to come. And a little bit, I wanted to talk about um, different donations and different things. So I know you all heard me talk about my tips earlier. And so on my podcast, I am accepting donations just as you would like to make um, 
a little donation to the Growing in Christ podcast. And this will also go to my tips as well. And I just want to get the monies to be able to grow and expand and keep these podcasts going and even get my tips going. I am really trying to work towards getting it out and getting a finished product and just doing all the things that I need to do. Now I am, like I said, I am still stepping in faith and holding tight to God, knowing that he will provide for me. Yet I also know that I need funds to do the things that I really want to do and get the content out that I really want to get out. So if you would be so gracious to just support the podcast also um you can find it in the description if you would like to support in the description and click the link to support the con the podcast and i would greatly appreciate it so yes that is the end of the podcast and again i hope you all enjoyed it and just keep on having such a blessed year like This year has really excited me and I have seen a lot of growth in me this year and I am so excited. Me and um, other people that I have been around in, in my ministry and just people in general. So I really feel that God is doing something great right now and I really want you all to be a part of it. I mean, God is such an awesome God. It's kind of hard to just keep him to yourself. So, um, yes, I just pray that you all keep on being blessed and connect your faith with God's promises. I mean, God has promised these promises over 2000 years ago and they still ring true. So our God is an awesome God. So I'm going to leave you all with that and bye.